0: Welcome to Bold Girl Biz Podcast. This is the podcast dedicated to fearless and brave entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Robbie Walls. So consider yourself one step closer to success. Why? Because you're going to hear lessons learned through failures, setbacks, and sometimes laughable moments in business. And the resilience it takes to get back up, shake it off, and move you from failure to success as a way to grow your business and build income. Let's go. Hey, welcome everyone to Bold Girl Biz Podcast. I'm your host, Robbie Walls. I'm fascinated about today's guest. Let me tell you, she is a transformational leader in the field of human behavior and personal development. She helps entrepreneurs and high performers get to where they want to be in a short period of time. She has trained top athletes in the winner's mindset with Bob Reese, the former head trainer for the New York Jets. She also coaches entrepreneurs starting businesses to professional golfers to develop the right mindset to win tournaments and even win golfer of the year. Here to talk, Bold Girl Biz is a bold girl talking biz. Let's welcome Lisa Schumerhorn to the show. Hi, Lisa.
1: Hi, thank you so much for having me.
0: Oh, I am so excited to hear about your journey. Wow. So let's start, just jump right in and talk about your journey and how you became this transformational mindset coach.
1: <laughs> well, I always say that you become an expert in your own wounds. So <laughs> ah,
0: I love that. <laughs>
1: So I had a bit of a breakdown of my own about 15, 20 years ago um, and I was really struggling. I had some uh, trauma and things come up from my childhood. I was going from therapist to therapist to therapist. No one was helping me. Uh, I didn't want to go on meds. That was just my own personal choice. I decided that I really wanted to do this for myself Um, that I wanted to get to the root cause. And someone had suggested a hypnotherapist. Mm. And I went to the hypnotherapist and I found that I started to actually feel better. And then I wanted to study everything that she had studied. So I went to all of her teachers because she was a Reiki master. She was a hypnotist. Mm. she She studied all kinds of really cool stuff. And then I realized after I did all that, I couldn't be her. I had to figure out who I was.
0: Um, Yep. (laughs) And that's what we're all doing, trying to figure out who we are. Yes. Exactly.
1: So she was the inspiration and the start of my journey um, that's taken me all around the world with different teachers everywhere. And I just found that the more I learned and the more I studied, the more I had the ability to help others. And it just started to snowball.
0: Mm. And so that would be tapping into our subconscious mind.
1: Exactly. Exactly. What I discovered is, and we actually have, there's more, but five major brain frequencies that we we move in and out of. And when we're born, we're born in a state of delta, which is a very big, long, slow wave. Mm -hmm. And if you think about what newborns have to learn, Newborns have to absorb enormous amount of information um, from light, color, emotion, sound, you name it. And then you move into the wave of theta, which is where you're at in about elementary school. Again, you're absorbing large, large amounts of information about high school. You're an alpha and alpha is that meditative state or when you're driving and you don't remember how you got there you're generally Uh in that alpha state (laughs) and then where we're at right now is beta. So when you go to therapy or you're doing any kind of work on yourself, people are generally in beta and the problem with that is that the information is stored at much deeper levels. Hmm. So what I do is I just help people go back into those states where they can access the origin of their information to get to the root cause we release the emotion because you can't release what happened um, but you can release the way you feel about it and when you change the way you feel about something that can exponentially change the trajectory of your life because suddenly when you go into victim that something happened to you and suddenly you look at it from a neutral perspective as an adult, instead of a frightened child, it changes your lens of how you see the world.
0: Hmm. So, so when someone has a trauma in their life, do they, I guess, lock that in and it becomes a block or how does that, um, I guess, you know, because sometimes when people have a trauma, they always have a fear behind it or They don't know it's there, and something is um, kind of blocking them. Is that correct? Well,
1: what happens is let's say you have a trauma Mm -hmm. um, and you had it pretty young. So, and then you made a decision about that. Oftentimes, we make something called a vow I'll never let someone take advantage of me again.
0: Uh huh. Yeah. Or
1: I'll never trust anyone again. Yeah. Well, that vow. Becomes a mantra it it, imagine putting on these rose-colored glasses that have I will never trust again And then what happens is you see the world through that lens and not only that you start attracting People who you can't trust. So Uh therefore it must be true
0: Fascinating. Yeah,
1: because if you know about the law of attraction What happens is the the universe doesn't know a negative so all it knows what you're focusing on. And I like to use golf as a metaphor for people who golf or anything, you know, whatever you focus on, that's where the ball goes. Yep. So if you're saying, I don't want a bu- uh, the ball to go off to the left, that's where it goes. <laughs> so, so when you're focusing on the fact that you don't trust anyone, you're going to attract people who you can't trust. And therefore it confirms your belief over and over again to the point where, and that's when we end up in that cycle of you're on that hamster wheel doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. So when you go back to the origin and you see it from a neutral perspective of what happened and then you heal it. And oftentimes there's forgiveness that's involved that you either want to forgive the other person and or yourself, and then you replace those feelings with what you wish you could have had instead. So if you had someone in your life, let's say a parent who was very neglectful, okay, and you turn to food because food created this numbing, warm, loving feeling, so then food becomes love. And the and then so if you then transfer and release that belief system and go back and say, you know what? I wish my mother, I'm going to imagine that my mother gave me that love instead of the food. So I'm going to imagine that I'm feeling loved. I'm feeling nurtured. I'm feeling safe. I'm feeling honored and respected. And then you lock that in, and you've released those other feelings of feeling neglected, and then you shift your the way you see the world.
0: So when I shift, does that's when my transformation begins to to actually happen
1: exactly now that's and and i love the way you just said that so thank you you said begins <laughs> ah. it's begins uh-huh. because you've now spent a lifetime with beliefs yeah and behaviors that that justify your old belief
0: so good so
1: so what happens is you need the reinforcement because habits need time to change. And depending upon how attached you are to those old behaviors, that's how much work you have or don't have to do. Some people can shift very quickly, most people do. They just need a reinforcement. Mm. And and another, and another example was, is smoking. Um, just, I had someone who came in who'd been smoking for over 40 years. Um, Their father died when they were 12 years old and their uncle, you know, we're going back a a few years when cigarettes were considered Mm -hmm. not that bad. Uh, Uncle gave him a cigarette to help him feel better. He used the cigarette to numb his grief and he used them as a way to suppress his feelings.
0: Wow.
1: Yeah, that's how we got, we got to the origin of it. So it was wow. fascinating why he that. smoked. That's why he could never quit smoking.
0: Oh. Wow. So when you release,
1: yeah. So then I helped him release his grief because he had spent 40 years not grieving. Every time the feeling came up, oh, need another cigarette. And it's all unconscious. So mm-hmm. when he released the grief, he was then able to stop smoking. He didn't need to numb himself. But what do you do with your hands? What do you do? You know, it's like, do we replace it with drinking water? You know, people feel guilty about, for some reason, taking a cigarette break is okay. But if you're working and you're not taking a cigarette break, it feels like you're loafing off. I don't know why people <laughs> feel <like.
0: laughs> Wow. That is really interesting. And when you work with your clients to find that, that is through... Um, hypnosis?
1: It can be. There are other techniques that I use. Um, there's something called NLP, which is neuro-linguistic programming. Yeah. Um, so Tony Robbins is a master at it and it's it's really considered a waking hypnosis and it can be used for a number of things, but there are techniques to help you uh, reframe things and and feel where you sense something in your body or Sometimes it's hard to explain because there's so many different, um, uh, what's the word I want to look like techniques Mm -hmm. that are so different than anything you've ever seen, but it's, it's a really fabulous way of learning to reframe, uh, your thoughts.
0: Now, is that, um, in existence with meditation or is that something totally different?
1: Oh, it's totally different. Okay. You, you would do that with someone. so my partner Kevin Martin Martin is an expert. you know he, I, I have my master in neurolinguistic program, but he teaches. he's a trainer oh. and um, he's pretty remarkable at you know, those kinds of thing, uh, uh, of training people and it's really about having conversation or we train people in sales. To, to create uh, NLP will help you create r- better rapport, create better trust with um, potential clients, so that if you're in sales, you can increase your sales. But because most of the time, it's re- you know sales are relationship based.
0: That's right. Mm-hmm. And uh, so let's talk about the athletes that that you have helped to, uh, mm-hmm. I guess, succeed. Beyond their expectations, talk about bl- a little bit about that. That is just absolutely fascinating to me.
1: Well, I, I love working with athletes, especially golfers, because golf is a metaphor for life because it's a game of absolute perfection. Yes. You can play tennis, you can play go- you can play tennis, you can play basketball, and you can have a swing and barely hit the ball but still make a point. With golf, it's, <laughs> you, you need to hit it with precision. And, mm-hmm. it, and it can be a maddening game. So people's personalities come out in the game. I see and that. And so you can see if people have anger issues or trust issues or whatever it is. So, you know, for me, it's, it's a beautiful challenge of helping people not only with their game, and, and I don't help with technique. You you go to golf pro for that, but I help with the mindset behind it. Now, for instance, I worked with a a professional golfer who um, 20 years prior had gone to a uh, tournament in Pennsylvania and he just had a bad day and his golfing game had formerly, uh, his putting game had been the best part of his golf game. Okay. And he had a bad day and someone walked up to him and said to him, gee, it's too bad that you don't know how to putt because if you did, you'd be a phenomenal golf pro. So it's amazing what the unconscious mind does. It locked that in. He believed it. And for 20 years, he could not putt. And it was the most maddening, frustrating thing for him. He just, he could never. And so I worked with him. For an hour and a half, he went out, played nine holes, and he then called me and said it was the best game he played in years.
0: Just in an hour and a half.
1: In an hour and a half, because all we did was we asked the subconscious mind to go to the root of why you can't putt. Oops! Oh Oh my God, I didn't even realize that. It's amazing. And you go to those events, and and what's even fascinating is, I mean, this is with athletes, you know you'll find that I had someone who was really struggling over a six foot putt to a point where they were sobbing in my office. And then you come to realize it's not about the six foot putt.
0: Mm
1: (laughs) So, so then you help people really go into whatever's bothering them. And so people will come and, and do the work without even realizing, because these are people who might never want to go there or might not even know to go there.
0: Okay. Yeah. Because so how would you know?
1: You don't know. You and don't. that's the thing that I love about this work so much is that it's never the same. It's individualized. Um, I just, and and I, you know, people... Now, Now, this is a fascinating thing that people don't realize that when a child is in utero, it can feel everything the mother feels. So if the mother has been in a situation where their safety is compromised or they're frightened or whatever that is, the fetus can feel that. Uh And if the mother was going through a period of maybe they were unsure whether or not they wanted to have this child, that child can be born with the feeling of not being wanted and never understand why. Because let's say once the child comes into the world, they're loved or not. So I've actually taken people back to the feeling in utero
0: and release
1: that. Yeah, <laughs> it is. Goodness. It is. It's fascinating.
0: Absolutely fascinating. Oh, uh, that is just amazing. And so when, um, so say for instance, that does happen because that seems and sounds like a block mm-hmm. that. Uh, sometimes puts us in fear. And we as entrepreneurs, um, we go through a lot of hurdles and, you know, setbacks. And that's what this show is about. It's about failures. Could somewhere in our subconscious mind, we could be holding something back and we don't know.
1: Exactly. I mean, I I had a client who worked for a family business. The family was very dysfunctional. Mm. They just had a lot of stuff. And it was even though they made the family a lot of money and even though they were running the company, they were getting a lot of verbal abuse and they were so unhappy. And it was a job, very successful job for life. And I helped them leave that company and start a new company that became very successful at at lightning speed. And and I don't want to say that's going to happen to everyone, but- You know, when there's that fear that when you want to do something, but everyone around you is telling you, why would you leave a job for life? It's a cushy thing. You could retire in a few years. Why would you leave that? Um, But when you know that there's a part of you inside that's dying, there's a part of you that just dreads going to work. Um, And, you know, the other thing is that people in midlife will go through periods of wanting to shift careers um, you know it just isn't working yes. for them anymore uh, and helping people eliminate the idea that you know just because you've had 20 years under your belt or 15 years under your belt in a particular industry doesn't mean that you can't shift and change into
0: something else I love that 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 is so so true just absolutely great' <laughs> this right is so- and and
1: Yeah. And and also entrepreneurs, most of them are in a situation where they're in sales constantly, be it pitching, trying to get money Mm -hmm. or selling their product or, or, you know, whatever their situation is in. And that needs confidence because, you know, for, for every yes you get, you've probably had 500 no's. And or more or more <laughs> and and it wears on you
0: it does it, it wears really does.
1: on your confidence and you know people will say oh look at you know you know Thomas Edison and he had 2000 failures before he invented yes you yes. have to have the perseverance and yes but someone had told me you know if you imagine mount everest most people get 90% of the way to the top and then give up no yeah. Oh, that if they oh. just had that ten percent more and just kept and then and then I always have that question, how do you know when to stay and when to go?
0: And that was my next subway into that question. That ten yes. percent. How do you know when you throw your hands up and you say forget it?
1: Right. So, so what, I, what I have learned to do, and this is something that um, I live my life by this. I meditate a lot. I'm out in nature a lot. And what I do is I ask. And if you, Simple. I'm not religious. I would consider myself spiritual. But I ask mm. for signs. Please show me and make it, you know, apparent. Please show me a sign if I should stay in this road or not. Because the thing is, is that if you try and control your path and you think that you're in charge, you get another thing coming. (laughs) (laughs) That is so true. Because the universe will make it very clear to you if you're not supposed to be where you are now. You get what's called the universal boot.
0: The boot.
1: The boot. (laughs) And, and I always say you can make it on your terms or you can wait and make it on the universe's terms, but whatever way you do, um, it's always nicer to pay attention and watch, but our fear keeps us stuck in places where we're not supposed to be.
0: I so agree with that. Yes, it does. And I'm going to do a little pivot uh, towards yourself. Um, and what we just said, what has been your biggest learning lesson through all of this?
1: Oh, I've had so many. As a matter of fact, I keep saying to God, please stop making me an expert in all these things. <laughs> <laughs> it's like one thing after another. I always say, you know, about your wound, you're the greatest expert in your wound. And I'm like, all right, I have enough here. But I would say recently I overcome uh, uh, my greatest fear in my entire life was being alone. Okay. I met I met my ex-husband when I was 19 years old. We got married. I was just before my 24th birthday. We were married, yeah, almost 30 years, two children later. And all of a sudden I just found myself alone in the middle of nowhere in a log home and on a mountainside and and then having to quarantine mm-hmm. by myself. And I learned a lot about how resilient I am, how self-sufficient I am. And it brought up the courage for me. I always thought my ex-husband was very handy. And I have this wraparound deck. It's 1,200 square feet that needed to be uh, uh, stained. Yeah. And I also have a driveway that needs to be done. And I was like, do I want to spend all this money on the deck? And then I won't have money for the driveway. Let me work on the deck. And I'd never dealt with a, a power tool before in my life. I had a friend who loaned me a belt, saw, a belt sander and <laughs> I got knee pads and a face mask and earplugs. And uh, for a month I was sanding down on my hands and knees, sanded the entire deck. I was scared to death, had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> I videotaped the whole thing so oh. that I could hold myself accountable. I was actually posting my progress. And then I found, uh, and then I stained it, and I had to deal with the weather. I had to deal with blisters and splinters. and Because once you stain, mm-hmm. and then it rains, you have to stain the whole side again. Oh. And I remember at one point, I stained one entire side, and then it started thundering. Not, oh. No, it sanded. And then uh-huh. I, I went into a panic, and there was a whole thing that happened where the painting pole I was working with snapped so I had to get on my hands and, and knees and stain and, and then, and then it never rained. The thunder just rolled away. <laughs> oh, <wonderful. laughs> And it was pitch black. But anyway, the lesson in that for me was I realized that I was capable of doing far more than I thought. And I pushed myself. And this is something that I do often in my life is I push myself out of my comfort zone. I always push myself to do something that, with, you know, scare that I'm scared of. That you're
0: scared of. I uh, And
1: the thing is, is that what I will tell you is after doing that deck, I'm not the same person. I started finding all these projects to do. And, and now I've like, I love it. I was like, oh my God, I must've been a carpenter (laughs) in a past life. But it's like, it's intuitive now. Uh And I'm having fun with it.
0: (laughs) And you you found that superpower that I heard you talk about on your website. I mean, that... I just love that too. On your website, you talk about superpower and you found it when you didn't even, you know, you, you weren't expecting it and you faced that fear. Exactly. Exactly.
1: So I always, you know, and this is something for all the listeners to think about, yes. whatever you're most afraid of in life is what you're meant to do.
0: Did you hear that? That is golden.
1: Yep. I just found that whenever I'm afraid of something, that's my, that I, like a bell goes off in my head. I'm like, all right, here all I right, go. Here we go. And I dive in <laughs> and, and, you know, it, it's interesting. Cause I was, I was listening to a woman who did a podcast. I can't, I wish I could give her credit for this right now, but she talks about anxiety. She did this beautiful t- mm-hmm. Ted talk and she said the worst thing about, um, anxiety is paralysis and and not doing anything so she said have the mindset of doing it badly because at least if you do badly you're you're making progress and nine out of ten times you're not gonna be as bad as you think you are that's right That you're actually a lot better than you think you are and then there are things that you can always fix but the paralysis and not doing anything is
0: far worse far worse And that is what being a bold girl biz is all about. I mean, it is walking and talking and doing what you are afraid to do. Step out and be bold. That's, I just love this. I am just, I have just been really fascinated with this entire conversation. Thank you so much. But before we get ready to go, tell us how the audience can get in touch with you. Okay. I have, um, you can reach me through my website and it's
1: lisashermerhorncoaching.com and it's S-C-H-E-R-M-E-R-H-O-R-N. Um, you can also get me on my LinkedIn, which is also, uh, Lisa Shermerhorn. Um, and I also have another LinkedIn profile, which is P- performance mindset coaching.
0: Um, mm-hmm. And I'll put I can. all of this in the show notes too. Yeah. And
1: I, I mean, I can leave you my, my email and my phone number as well if people have questions. Sure, and the other thing is I work with people all over the world. This doesn't have to be done in person. That's the thing. I just did a session with someone in Australia, someone in Nairobi, Kenya. And that has been one of the gifts of this wow. whole COVID thing is the networking has just expanded exponentially.
0: And I have worked with you and I am in St. Louis and you're in the mountains in a beautiful cabin, mind you, <laughs> a beautiful log cabin and you're in Vermont. So definitely remote. Yes. Well, this has been phenomenal. Diving into the subconscious mind. Um, thank you so much, Lisa. Thank, Thank you, you so, so much. much. It yes. was a pleasure. Yes. I hope our, I know our audience has learned a lot. And a shout out to my bold audience. Thank you for listening. And if you're hesitating, thinking about starting a business or you find yourself doubting your best self, I'm here for you. And so is Lisa. Um, <laughs> email me at Robbie at RobbieSpeaks.com And I will definitely answer you back. And until next time, bold girl biz. Thank you so much for listening. Hey, thanks for listening to Bold Girl Biz. If you've enjoyed today's lessons learned, leave us a comment or review. And for today's show notes, head over to boldgirlbiz.com and click podcast. While you're there, you'll find tools to help you power through your journey to success to achieve your goals. Always remember... I believe in you, you are powerful, and you are bold. See you soon.
1: This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio
0: Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.